Okay, this year is about that space of Mishnah and Pediavos Aleph Yudalad in the parish of Rabbeinu Yonah on it. And I think it's a, it's a very famous Mishnah. I think it's from Hillel, right? Hillel of Hillel of, um, of Hillel and Shammai. So Hillel um, has this famous Mishnah, Aleph Yudalad, and Rabbeinu Yonah's parish on it. And I think it'll, it'll help us try to get a clear idea on what I'm calling is, is, is how to handle the superego of Torah, religious superego specifically of Torah. And a lot of people um, have a problem in one direction or the other, where either they're, um, they have a weak um, superego or um, often, especially for guys who are listening to this, it's probably the opposite. It's probably too strong. Okay. Oh, it's too, it's too harsh. And that can create problems. Either way creates problems. Right, the worst, you know, in general, when you want to know about uh, different midos, so superego in a broad sense is a mida, whether it's weak or strong. You really can get into particular midos uh, specifics of the superego. Superego, for those who don't know, it's your conscience, right? Tells you what's right, what's wrong, what you should be doing, what's wrong with what you're doing, what you should be trying to live up to, your values, ideals, some something along those lines. Um, so, you know, you always want to identify the different extremes and you kind of want to know which is the worst extreme to fall into. So it's definitely the worst extreme is to fall into is the weak, the weak superego, right? That, that person becomes like a, like a Baltaiva. Totally gets into your taivas. You have no real motivation, ability to do anything, control yourself. That's the worst extreme. But um, it's almost as bad as to have too strong of a superego. And it could definitely destroy your life both directions will destroy your life if you get too extreme. Okay? Awesome. You guys good? Focus, focus, guys. Focus. Okay. Okay, good. So now let's take this mission. I'm going to read it um, mission inside, obviously, but on the Benyona, mostly it's going to be um, outside just because we're a little pressed for time. Okay? So the mission is Ruhi Omer. So Hill used to say, in in anili mili. So if I am not for myself, who is for me? Ukishenil atzmi maani. And when I am for myself, what am I? And if not now, when? Okay. Very famous. A little cryptic, but okay. So let's take a radio. The, the, the one that's, I think, going to be the most interesting for us is probably the middle one, but we'll try to take up all three of them if we have time. Okay, so the first one, um, Rabinion interprets like this. He says, um, if I don't like um, rebuke myself, and I don't motivate myself to mitzvos, so then Mili, who's for me, right? Who's going to, um, you know, rebuke me, tell me that when I'm doing something wrong and encourage me to do something right? He says, because when other people try to encourage you, right, he's oris achem tovhu lefisha. When other people, you go to a shear, a Thursday night shear, try to motivate you, get you to do mitzvahs, to control yourself, to, to inspire you, want to be inspired by. So when you go to somebody else, they give you the musr, even fire and brimstone, right? So it's temporary. It's just a temporary uh, inspiration, okay? But when a person is able to inspire himself, then um, every day and all the time, he's able to increase his thoughts in terms of serving Hashem. And he's not going to forget, he's not going to lose focus on it, on that which he desires. And that's the, the proper way. Okay, so that's the first The first um, point, is um, is to a person to have that recognition 
that, um, again, this is the, be the idea of don't have too weak of a superego, is you don't, is the first move is, is you have to develop um, a internal motivation. I right, can't just be... I would have told you to pick up popcorn. Okay, hold on. We're gonna we're gonna move to hold on a second. And got it. Okay. So yeah. So um let's say immunity mealy means that if you if you're relying on other people to inspire you, to motivate you, the environment of the being around the environment of the base medrash having uh, your Rebbe give you a muster schmooze or we're listening to inspirational, you know, uh, you know, podcasts, whatever the kids do nowadays, <laughs> whatever it is. So you need, you, or, or books or, or whatever it is, you're trying to get inspiration from other people. So it works um, and it's a necessary step, but it ultimately has to kindle the fire and internal and internal fire. It's got to, Somehow you have to is use those external things to develop an internal sense of motivation and what's right and wrong. And in a barometer, when you do something wrong, you're yourself, you rebuke yourself. There is something that you're doing wrong. And you have to have that sense that you are doing something wrong in order to alert yourself to correct your ways. Right? And, and that's that's the, the first point is that if you if you don't um, develop the internal sense, relying on others in the external environment, it's just temporary. It's not going to last. It's not really a long term solution. It's far superior to develop the internal ability. OK, that being said, right, that's the first thing. And it's a pretty basic message. It's kind of everybody's kind of seen it um, in the past. <clears throat> they say, like, um, it's the classic thing of the people go to Israel, they flip out and they come back to America and it flips back, right? Because it was based upon the external situation, the pressure, the social pressure. You want to develop an internal motivation and pressure, which we call that faculty, the conscience, the superego, something like that. So you need to develop one. A person just, you can't come out of the sheer and say you want to overthrow your superego completely. First of all, it's not going to work. It never really works. Fighting your superego, rebelling against it totally just doesn't work at all. It makes it worse. Um, and, um, and it's not good because you do want the internal motivation to do good. And you want that internal sense that if you are doing something wrong to alert you that you're doing something wrong, you should correct your ways. Okay. Yeah. How are you referring to the superego in a sense? That's what I was just describing as a person's conscience or his sense of right and wrong, his values, what he's, his ideals should live up to, you know, but just as the psychological, um, psychological faculty in a person. Okay. Okay, good. Now you have the, the, the interesting one. So, and when I am for myself, what am I? Okay, so this is what Benyana says. He says, even when others, you know, others rebuke me, I have the rebuke and the encouragement from the outside, and I, I encourage myself and I acknowledge my wrongs and I am motivated to try to change. Okay. I'm unable to attain even 1,000 of that which I am obligated to do. Okay? That's when I am for myself, what am I? What am I truly? And Chazal gave a mashal. What's this, what's this a mashal for? So Melech gave a field to his servants and he stipulated with them that they have to produce 30 bushels every single year. So they worked really hard and they made five, five bushels. So the king says to them, what we, we agreed upon, I, I told you, you got to make uh, 30. So they say to him, look, that field you gave us, it was Zeboras. It's the lowest quality field, grade, you know, D, C, field. It's the worst. 
and we worked hard and we exerted ourselves and we weren't able, able to make more than five. Okay, that's the mashallah. So we say to him, look, the Yitzhahara you gave us from our youth, it's, it's, we have an instincts and we have Yitzhahara and it starts from the moment we're born, right, even before we're born. And if, even if a person is to exert himself a tremendous amount to do what is proper in the eyes of God, a person is unable to attain even a small fraction of what he really should be doing. And that's what we would say in the Pasuk, that God knows our, our instincts and our nature and, and realize that we're, we're basically nothing. We're like unable because of our instincts to really accomplish what we have to do. Now, even if it weren't for the Yitzhahara, the Binyana says, which is constantly dominating us and controlling us, our instincts, even without having to work to, to be exerting ourselves and kind of do after mitzvahs, um, we would be able to do what we, we have to, what we're obligated in doing. Just like uh, as if we had to stay in this, like a high quality field, grade A field, even without uh, without working hard, we'd be able to, 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 to accomplish, you know, to, to, you know, get the 30 cores that we're obligated in. But now, right, um, we know um, that even if we work hard and uh, we're not going to, to get rather just a small fraction of what we really should do because our instincts um, basically corrupt us, okay? Kolshkin, if you don't uh, do anything, you're not going to, right, you're going to get five. If you work your hardest, you'll get five of the 30. Kolshkin, if you do nothing, you're going to end up with uh, basically nothing, Okay. So, because it's a bad field, right? A bad field, a good field, maybe if you do minimal to nothing, no work, the police will do something. Here, this bad field, if you do nothing, you're going to get nothing. Okay. And then basically saying is, is this, and then he just sums up the first two statements, is that, um, is that look, you have to have um, internal motivation. And even if you develop the, the right environment to motivate you, Lefisha, which somehow inspires you to become internally motivated and self-critical and recognizing your own, mistakes still still in that situation he, um, um, even when you do that you only really get a small fraction of what you're obligated to do okay yeah go ahead Yaakov what does he mean by obligated is he, ta- is he taking it seriously like actual mitzvahs yeah right well you're what's wrong he says in two ways one is he says you're only going to get so one of a thousand that I'm obligated to do. And then later on, he says, what it's appropriate to do. So what it's appropriate to do, what you're obligated to do, what you really should do. Roy is capable? Okay. Okay, capable. But I mean, he does say what well, you're obligated to do. Problem. I mean, I think it's it's chayiv because when the, the king, if you look at the marshal, the king was posek. I mean, posek means you make a deal. You made a deal. The king gives you a field, and then he doesn't say like it'd be nice if you could try to get thirty. You know, he's saying the the deal was thirty bushels. That's what you have to produce, and he gave you the field, and you worked hard, and you worked hard, and you only came up with five, right? So you really were obligated to make thirty. That was what he was posek with you for. Right? He said, posting means a deal. He sets a deal. And he says, 30. You worked as hard as you could, and you only gave it put up, you know, five. And what's going on? Well, why didn't you do it? We, we agreed upon what I, what I told you to do. They said, well, you took me a terrible field. A terrible field. I worked my hardest. It's impossible. I couldn't have possibly done any more because you gave me a terrible field. Right? Same thing a person is, um, you got, got, 
right? He gives you these mitzvahs, obligates you in all these things. And then you say, yeah, but you gave me Yitzhar. It's impossible. No matter how hard I work, I couldn't possibly have done this. Yeah, Yaakov. If it was impossible, wouldn't God not have commanded you? Well, that's the problem. Okay. That's not a good marshal. That's the problem, right? The king's why? The field is, ex- is external to you. Oh, they're lazy. <laughs> <laughs> the state of the field is external. Well, so is the Yitzhar. The Yitzhar is also you have a choice whether to follow the Sahara or whether to follow the Idis. You could bring that. No, words, you don't get Idis. No, no, no. You don't get Idis. You don't get the good field. You get the, the crappy field. Okay? The good field would be if God gave you, didn't give you Yitzhara. In his analogy, it would be a case if he gave you, he didn't give you Yitzhara. But the Yitzhara field would be the same whether he gave you Yitzhara or not. He gave you Seichel. No real instincts or weak instincts. You know what I mean? Very weak instincts that come on later in life, whatever it is. Then it's just very easy. He commands you to do things. Follow the Torah. Sure, God, no problem. I'll follow the Torah. Do everything you ask me to do. No problem. You know, it's a horror. So it's very it's, easy to follow. No problem. You don't, you don't even have any trouble doing it. But this field can never, can, can't produce more than five, no matter how hard the person works. Right? right. That's the problem, right? The king, that's right, different. Right. That's what you tell the king. The king, he's complaining. He's like, well, he well you didn't do it. You right. gave me, you gave me this field, this crappy little field. Then you ask me to make 30, it's just not possible. Yeah, but then a Moshe Rabbeinu makes 30. Moshe Rabbeinu got a good field. <laughs> you got a different field? You didn't have a Yitzhar? Or you conquered it? That's a good question. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe he got a good field. Yeah, exactly. He's the Tove. He's, right. He's glowing, for God's sakes. You know what I'm saying? He's glowing. He's Tove. I think there was a Medrash that said that like he had all, he naturally had like all the worst uh, like Midos, and then he overcame all of them. But, uh, really? I, don't I, I never saw it inside. I never saw it inside. Yeah, I never, I never saw it inside either, or heard it. So it sounds like, uh, sounds like a nice, sounds like somebody trying to inspire you, Yosef. You know what I mean? Some of some of us trying to inspire you. I don't know. No, the Rambam says that a Kaj Baruch was also Moshe Bain. He made Moshe Bainus. Moshe was a designer baby. You know what I mean? He was designed specifically, born to Yocheved and Amron. Like these are the Gedolei Hador. He has a special constitution. He's glowing. He saw that the baby really is special. Even if you want to say glowing, obviously it's not a literal light, but it means he lit up the room. He was a special baby. There is something unique about him. And um, he had the perfect circumstances. It doesn't mean he didn't have the hero and he had choices, but it means he was born into incredibly favorable circumstances, which allowed him to rise to become Moshe Beno. You, you know, you're not going to become Moshe Beno, no matter how hard you try, you're not going to rise to his level. It's no matter how, you know, Ram says in Hashuva you can be a tzaddik like Moshe. Yeah, you can be a tzaddik like Moshe Benu, but it doesn't mean you're going to go get to Moshe Benu's level. It's not possible. Nobody or perfection. Moshe is the highest level of perfection any human being could reach. And you, no matter how much you exert your, you know, your bechir, you're not going to get to. You're not going to become Moshe Benu. Tzaddik in Russia is a different category. It means exercising your bechir properly, your ability each time to choose. But in terms of ultimately getting to his level of perfection of humanity. Right, Ram says nobody's ever going to get to that level again. Nobody ever got to it before or again because you're getting idis. You're not being dealt, uh, you know, a good hand. You know what I'm saying you're being dealt, you know, terrible. Yeah, well, what about like Yoshua ben Nun or Rama? Got to play the hand you're dealt. Nobody, you're saying nobody can get there. Nobody can get. To, nobody can get to the level of perfection that Moshe Benu got. To. And what about Yoshua ben Nun or Aaron? Right, nobody get the level. Moshe ben Nun. Can anybody get to Aaron's level? To Aaron's level. Oh, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I don't know if 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 he made pretty cool, you're going to. <laughs> hey, don't you have to no, hear though? To make okay, so let's, let's see if we can explain. Just say it's we'll not. We'll get right. the answer in Okay. The question is: the question is: is is what's the problem with the mashal? 
What's wrong with the mashal? You can make it. Well, you can make you feel better. You made a deal. So make us close. You made a deal with the mashal. <clears throat> yeah, the king's crazy, right? It's a crazy king. He's saying I'm being posted thirty core, and then you're coming to him. You say you give me a terrible field. It's impossible. Why? Why is the and and it doesn't sound like when you're saying that you're wrong. I mean, it sounds like you're making a legitimate time. The guitar you gave me is just not possible. It's it's a shark. Right? Even if a person is Tarek Harbe and he tries to cut one thousand of the thing. So why it sounds like a crazy king. Now the king is a Kashbarku, it can't be crazy. What exactly is going on? What is the king thinking? Why is he making a deal for you of 30 core if it's not possible to make more than five? Hopefully he says it's one one thousand, then it gives thirty and five hours. So random those numbers. Yeah, I hear. Not quite right. It doesn't quite lie. Why does he say like it tells you make a thousand and then you make one? I don't know. It's You're right. Handy. Good question. I mean, whatever, like, the math doesn't work out, but yeah, it's not right. a fraction, a tiny fraction. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Right. What's the what, what is the shot here? Why? What What is the sense of this king making this deal? <laughs> right. Making this deal, and that's basically God commanding you in the Torah, folks, creating these obligations, and then He's asking you, "Why did you live up to them?" And you just say, "It's impossible." I mean, it's our. Okay, that's different. He's not bringing that in. Yeah, yeah, that's different. That's a whole load. Yeah, that's a that's a different thing. It's a different thing. That's that's on Sunday. It's on Sunday. I talk about that. What is your point? The Torah of Moshe Rabbeinu. Torah of Moshe. Okay, so this is a spinoff of that. I was going to do that, and then this and that chair just ended up not fitting in perfectly. So I figured do it here. You know. So um, so it sounds like the king is crazy. Right, mm-hmm. a little bit of a crazy king. So, what what is going on? Why is the king doing this? Okay, why is the king doing this? Right. So, why 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 do you think? Why would a king do something like it's this? Possible. Well, it's possible to get the max of what there is. Well, I'm saying impossible. it's let's 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 grant or maybe know the facts here that given the nature of this field, right, that the mm-hmm. most you could do from this field if you work hard is to get five. Mm-hmm. Why would the king set the standard of what you have to produce at? 30. Because you can always take things from outside the field and bring it and augment the field. Okay. Ezra? Two, two points. First of all, are you accepting as a question <laughs> that in, on the mushal that well, if it's talking about it, we could change our field? No, you can't change the field. You're, you got to work with the field. You got to work with the field you're given. I don't think that's a good mushal. Well, that is the marshal. Oh, yes, you cash on it. Yeah. Why? Why is that not a good marshal? Because well, you have bechira and you could perfect yourself. Well, your bechira in this marshal is how much you work, how much you work. And then these are these are the field you're, you're given. You can work hard and get as much as you can from this field. But the way you came. But the, <laughs> you you your bechira in this marshal, the realm of your bechira is to work with the field that you're given. You don't have an option to go bring in fertilizer from the outside and turn it into it a wonder. You got to deal. Look, you got to deal with the field. You play the hand you're dealt. Okay. You what get deal in hand. So now I don't accept the premise <laughs> that you can't get to read the read the read the. So I don't accept that you can't get the 30, 30 bushels on. Yeah. Well, why don't you accept that? Because if with your bechira, you could get to that. If you exercise your bechira properly, you can produce five. If you don't exercise it properly, you get zero. You're saying that's the fact. That's the fact. That's okay. what he's saying. Kabachom, he's saying, he's saying, look, he's saying. And God tells you 30, so then uh, is that true? Well, 
Even if you work hard, lo yasig rak me'at me'arbi, you should get a fraction. Bidei shi yitzir leifa adam, shi me'kaka skufo. Kol shkini lo yitzir klal, yishar nafshar reikam in a mitzvah. So is it true that, that God commands you of 30 when if you do as much, make every perfect choice to your capability with Bechira, you can only get five? That's what I'm claiming. Where do you get that from? I'm Rabbi Niyana. Avos Aleph Dalet. Where does he get that from? Boom. What's the Chazal? What does the thirty represent? What's the thirty that you can't possibly do, even if you? Thirty is what the Torah advocates you. What is it? What's the obligation? Um, And he's saying that even if you have, even if you exercise your vechira perfectly, you're not going to do that. The kind of kolter right? The standard the Torah exactly. Torah the standard Torah is setting up for you. Even if you exercise your vechira perfect properly, you're not going to be able to ultimately achieve what the Torah is demanding of you. That's the point. That's the point, ultimately. Yeah. The question is how to make sense of that. Yeah. I think it's simple. Go ahead. It is, it is. It's not about 30, the number. It's just that it's more than five. And it's like significantly more than five. As in, don't get complacent even if you get to five. Like, even if you think you're doing the best, there's always more you can try to be doing. And you can only do five. But you can only do five. Five is the maximum. Can you try try that a bit? Yeah, go ahead. It's not about the destination. Close. Yeah. It's, it's, can I? Yeah, go ahead. I think you're. It's there's. there's a, I think one poss- possible good that could come from it is that it could, um, it could encourage like if you see really what you're obligated to do, you'll be constantly striving to try to get to that, which means you'll go as far as you can. Right. Okay, However, right. it could totally backfire and it could cause you to totally give up. Right. And get to nothing. Correct. Yeah. Correct. That's what we're trying to avoid here. Yeah. That's the point of this. Okay. <laughs> so, okay. So there's, there's an idea, there's an idea of, of a mitzvah, which, okay. And again, I, the, the mitzvah here is not, I'm not, I just want to explain. It's, it's, the mitzvah is to say Kriyashma twice a day. You're capable of doing saying Kriyashma twice a day. It's not that, that's not impossible. But the mitzvahs Torah are, are, are broader. Kedoshim Tiyu. Kedoshim Tiyu. Kashatzim Chabim Motorlach. Or Valachta Bedrachov. Imitating Kadosh Baruch Hu. Mahu Chanu Nafatal Yechanon. And his Rachom and Staka and Mishpat. Is, is, the mitzvahs of the Torah is, is if you really were to fulfill them. Okay, here I think he doesn't mean your basic halachic obligation. Or arguably he even does. Because Valachta Bedrachov. I mean, what's the limit of imitating Kadosh Baruch Hu? Be what the Torah is demanding of you. Ultimately, in terms of Gmias Hasadim and Staka and Mishpat and being Osik in Torah. Let's assume like the Osik in Torah is every moment of every day, essentially, you should be Osik in Torah and to stop for a moment when, you, when you're not, you know, when you're not doing another mitzvah, it's Bittu Torah, right? And if a person sees his serum coming on him, he can't find any reason, be and Bittu Torah. So, I mean, that's a high demand. That's Rabbi Shmuel Shita, which, you know, Abishem hold like the obligation really is to learn all day long and all night long. Right, so the 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 extent of the chiyuvim of the Torah um, are really are really excessive. It's excessive. It's yosemi da. It's more than a person could truly ever fulfill, based upon the fact that you are a human being with a yitzhar. Okay, God knows that. Okay, right. Um, he knows that. Okay, he knows what we are. Nevertheless, he commands us in this in this Torah with an incredibly high standard of to, to live up to. The point of it is to guide us in what human perfection is. It's setting up a paradigm of, of a goal to aim for, to strive for a target. Okay, but it's, the idea is not, 
idea is to get as close to it as you possibly can. And that guides you in what the direction of perfection you should be striving. You should be striving to emulate HaKadosh Baruch Hu, to be Doma Lishkina, to, to, to see everything that he does, to emulate Moshe Rabbeinu, to emulate the Nevi'im, and, to, and, to, and, and perfection, and, and to, to get a concept, a clear concept of what true perfection is, and to try to emulate that as far as possible. Now, how far are you going to get in that, in that goal of Moshe Rabbeinu? Not even one, one thousandth of what Moshe Rabbeinu is. You know, but but that doesn't mean that the Torah is. Um, I, I think the Torah is given this way for two reasons. Okay, one is because the Torah is given for every person, every person for all generations. Okay, so it can't like the Torah's not going to go. If maybe if Hashem were to make a Torah for you, a Torah for you, a Torah for you, say you I want five, you I want seven, you two, you know. <laughs> you just you give me one, I'm happy, you know. And, and look, and you can do twenty to twenty-seven, right? So it, it's it's you have different you have different people. So, but that that would be if if it was particular to each and every individual. The king is making this deal with everybody, okay? He's making this deal with everybody, and is he's, is he's, he's not going to say five for everybody. There are people who could do seven, people who could do twenty, like, like she was saying. But the fact that so he has to say the max for everybody, the maximum for for everybody. That's what the Torah is, is ultimately aiming for. Okay? And again, uh, and, and that's number one. Number two is what really guides you don't, you don't, as long as you understand what the Torah is, that there's a, you're not, you're, you're asked to live up to it, but you're not expected to truly live up to the full perfection of the Torah. You understand? Nobody's, nobody's really expecting you to live up to the full measure of what the Torah is setting out as true human perfection. Okay, but as long as you understand that, it's it's fine for you. As long as you realize this, then it's good to aim for that because that shows you it's the model that will guide you in the direction you're trying to go. You're trying to go for as much of this as possible. This perfection, you understand, perfection in this case is the core of chitim. That's what the true perfection is. Aim for as much of that perfection as you can. Don't try to be getting, uh, you know, something else from the field. Don't try to be, you know, building other things in this thing. You're trying to what perfection from this field means getting core chitim. You're getting as many, much wheat as possible. So it's instructs you on what the nature of perfection is, shows you what the maximum human level perfection is, gives you a concept of it, and then it obligates you to try to reach as much, as much of that as possible. How much you achieve on his individual level, it's going to be based upon Yitzhahara. Different people get different quality fields. Okay, so so if for you to, to... Now, if you have... Your superego is going to tell you is that when you do something that deviates, that's wrong, that you're not motivated, you're being lazy, you're not working... That you're being lazy, you're not working. You should you should work more. Okay, that's a healthy superego. You want that. You need that. In inanili mili. If you're not going to motivate yourself, if you're just going to rely on others to motivate you, you're, you're, then then that's not really going to work. It's not a long term solution. It's not really going to be nearly as effective as if you can motivate yourself. But on the other hand, you're going to fall short inevitably because you're being you're being, in a certain sense, you're being given an impossible task to truly accomplish fully. And if you berate yourself and you criticize yourself when you're unable to overcome your instincts in certain situations, and you look at yourself as a total failure and why did you ever do that, then you're ripping yourself apart for something that's, that's impossible because you have the Yitzhahara. Nobody, nobody um, fully overcomes the Yitzhahara completely and completely, you know, different people to different degrees based upon two things, how strong the Yitzhahara is. The circumstances of their life, and, and a third thing is their bechira and, and the exercise in the bechira. But but nobody fully fully overcomes the itzara. Moshe Rabbeinu does. 
Okay, but nobody else fully overcomes the Yitzhara. Okay, and even Moshe Bain, by the end of his life, right? It's is is mostly Moshe after right now. Okay, so but but the um but you have to be like aware of of that if your superego is like constantly criticizing you for failing to live up to the ideal of perfection that the Torah sets out, and you're saying you're not this, you're not this, why don't you do this, why don't you do that? And it's 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 if it could become too much and it could be it could be making a mistake. This is the problem. If you make a mistake and you believe that you're actually expected to live up to the full measure of human perfection, you're just going to be a miserable person. You're going to be depressed. You're going to be overly self-critical. It's going to be too harsh on you. And it's going to, what you're really going to create is you're going to create an opposite reaction in yourself where your instincts are going to be, feel like they're being strangled. They're not giving any room to be satisfied because you're holding yourself up to an impossible standard. You're not an angel. You have instincts, and you're just going to create like an ex- two extreme parts of your personality. Your instincts are going to be, you know, frustrated and, and being completely controlled by by the superego, and then they're going to and you, and you're going to have the superego on one hand, the instincts on the other, and they're just not going to talk to each other. You come to extremes. You'll oscillate between one extreme and the other, or you'll give into the title, then you're going to feel guilty about it. It's just become a back and forth of a miserable type of existence, which is what generally happens to people. Okay, and and, and the Torah is not aiming for that. The Torah is trying to set up a guide for you and a goal of what to aim for, but, and it's trying to develop you and to encourage yourself, to motivate yourself, to try to get as close as possible for you. But it doesn't have this expectation of that you're going to judge yourself ultimately against that standard and judge yourself as a failure in life because you don't reach it. You're not, you're not really expected to reach that ultimate goal. It's supposed to guide you and you're a failure if you don't exercise your behavior to get five to get five core. Not if you don't actually you can get 30. That's not within your Bechira. Yeah. Um, I, don't, I don't think the Torah is always setting out the max, though. I think sometimes it, it undershoots its goal. And you see uh, Durabana's coming and supplements when the Torah is there. Yeah, look, I, I, but it's, 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 a, it's, it's like in Halacha, there's like the basic of then there's like the Midas Hasidus, right? Let, let's, let's, look, let's talk about that. So in, in Halacha, this, it, it's like, there's like a nuance here. Right? Sometimes like there's the basic uh, obligation. For example, the sheet is like, let's say, Talmud Torah. You say Kriyashma in the morning and night, then you're really Yotze. Don't tell an Amar it's that, but that's the, right, the basic, the basic here. But then obviously there's the higher level of learning all the time. That's the true perfection. Okay, so you're right. Halacha is, doesn't, halacha is nuanced. And it doesn't just say you're obligated in terms of Chiyah in everything. It has nuance of what you're obligated in, what's above and beyond what's Amidas Hasidus, what's not. And, um, but the superego oftentimes doesn't do that. Especially, for example, this is one of the main afflictions of the modern day of like people don't have this idea of Midas Hasidus. They don't, they don't realize that there's such a thing as above and beyond. Not every Chumrah is, is shy for every person. Some things are our Chumrah and you're, you're not on that level to, to do that Chumrah, to do, those, to do that, that level of perfection. You know, and, and, and certain things, you know, that's, you know, it's again, but if your super ego tells you, well, I, I should be on that level, you know, I mean, let's say, let's say you know, there's the Kachilas and Bidyevets. Could be you're on the level to only do a, a Bidyevet. Are you allowed, is it much to do a Bidyevet with Kachila? No, halachically, but there's just a reality. You have to work with your instincts. Do you understand? It, it's just, it's just, if you hold, if you don't acknowledge the reality of your Yitzhahara, you're not every, not everything is within the realm of your Bechira at every stage of your life. It could be your, your Bechir doesn't allow you to, 
to, to do the lekachila, the mitzvah of far, what you should be doing. It could be there is isurim that are simply their asr, things that are asr, and that you're simply, your bechira does not extend to controlling yourself in that area. It just doesn't. Now, you don't exactly know where, 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 it, where it does or doesn't. So you try. You try your best. You try to exercise your bechira. But at the end of the day, when you measure yourself and you say, I failed, I did these isurim, I did those other things, it's, it's, it's what's your attitude to that? Your attitude shouldn't be, I'm a failure. I didn't do that. You have to realize of everybody fails. You're expected to fail in different areas and you're expected to fail significantly in different areas. Okay? But that doesn't mean that therefore give up and do nothing. Then you still have to do your best. You may not need immediately. You have to motivate yourself and try. But you're expected to fail significantly in a lot of different areas. Yeah, that's right. Um, this type of the way this is some set of comes with an extreme danger of you lying to yourself mm-hmm. and like telling yourself you're trying your hardest and like you're telling yourself you only make two bushels when really you could do five and okay. then you're stuck your whole life. So that like again, that's yeah. that's the point. You need the you need you mean and you need the first part. You need to realize ultimately you're gonna be judged and, and punished for not getting that five. The king says thirty, he's gonna punish if you don't get five. So the king is is King is not a crazy king. It'll be a crazy king if he punished you for not getting third. Because Baruch was not crazy. He knows that's it. He understands our Yitzhara. Right? That's a, he understands that. Okay. Now, if you're lazy and you lie to yourself and say, listen, I'm a, I'm a two guy, but you're a five guy, so there's consequences for that. Okay, that's that's bad. That's that's you're lacking the internal motivation to work as hard as you can to get what is within your capabilities. Okay, the, the, that's that's a guy who's lazy, and that's the bigger problem. The bigger problem is then saying, if you're going to do one extreme or the other, that is worse. You just basically, basically say, look, there's nothing I can do. I don't bechira. I don't bechira. I just do all the averos. You don't do any mitzvahs, and you end up with zero. That's the worst situation. Okay, but a close second to that is the guy who's working his hardest, gets five, and is really doing what he can do. Okay, and then still he looks at his life and says, I was thirty. I have five. I'm a failure. I, I'm, I'm wrong. I feel guilty. I'm ashamed. I can't do this right. What's wrong with me? And then just constantly lives in conflict. And then really, and then what happens is because of that conflict, you don't end up with five. You end up with four or three or two because the conflict, which is completely unnecessary based on the misconception of what Torah is, ends up sapping your strength and breaking and breaking your will and causing you to give up because you think you're not doing great. When in fact, you are doing the best possible given the reality of the Yitzhara. But you have to accept the reality of Yitzhahara that you're not always going to succeed in conquering it. And you're not expected to, and nobody does. You know, so you can't, you can't let the fact that you get five, you know, make, make you give up and, and become depressed and then become conflicted. On the other hand, you can't let the, you can't say, well, then I don't even have to, I can't even get five. Maybe you could. You know, you have to kind of try your best, but, but don't judge yourself for, you can't judge yourself for the failure. You need your superego, the role of the superego is to alert you when you, when you did something that's not in line with the ideal. So you should be aware that you only got five. You're like, you have to be aware that you have five out of 30 or for whatever you're up to, four out of 30. You got to know that you can't live in a fantasy world where perfection is five. Perfection is not five. Perfection is 30. So you need the super to tell you, listen, you got, you got four here. Perfection is 30. These are the things you have to correct. So you want, you want your super ego to alert you. It's got to be an alert. You. There is that sense of, there is a sense of guilt and shame. It's, there is that initial sense, which is appropriate, which basically, you know, asham, there is idea of, of there's something wrong. If you didn't have that, you wouldn't be aware. You have to have that intuition. It's an emotional intuition, which is good. 
But once you have that, you see what steps can I do to correct it? And there's a process of, of trying to do it. It's the after the fact where even when you tried and you failed and you just, just say that like um, where it's no longer productive, where the guilt and the shame and, the, and, and all those problems and the judging of yourself, it's not a productive thing. It just ends up creating conflict and sapping your energy. You become caught up in this internal turmoil of what you did wrong, what you, how, how far you are from, from true perfection. And then you let that break your will and, and, and become, you know, engrossed in like these psychological um, obsessions that a harsh superego, Torah superego can, can, can do to you if you don't realize what the Torah is. Yeah, yeah, correct. I understand what you're saying is you shouldn't globalize and say that I failed at something, therefore I am a failure. Right. But why shouldn't you say I failed at X, therefore I, you know, I'm a failure at X, not me as a whole, but in terms of shadows, which I don't. So, which I'm bad I mean, look, it, 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 it depends what that does to you. If that ends up causing you to just like feel bad about, I mean, like if it's about that particular that 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 particular thing, ideal human perfection would be to do something else. Yeah, then, then, then you should know that. You should be aware of that. But if you fail to do it because you ate Sahara, it's possible you couldn't have done any better. But it's, it's true, though, isn't it? Let's say, if you, if you sin, that is a fail. Yeah, you have to have Chalata, right? Yeah, but, you, but the reality is you don't have Chalata for all your sins. That's a level. That's a level of being doing true for all your sins. You're just not going to have you're not going to have harata on all your sins and do tshuva gemur on every single one of your sins. Nobody does that. Just nobody does this. Mm-hmm. And to expect that you're going to be the one guy who either doesn't sin or when he does sin, he has harata on every single one of them. He has kabbalah also. He's never going to do it again. He's going to do tshuva gemur and perfect himself completely. And you're going to produce 30. It does, who does that? Nobody does that. You try to, and as many areas as you can, you do. But in the end of the day, when you do that, where do you end up with? You have to be honest when you actually do that for yourself. What are you at? What do you actually amount to? When you try your best and you work your best, what do you end up as? Very little. Very little compared to true human perfection. But that's, look, that's the, that's the situation you're born into. Okay, again, don't go to the other extreme, but, but you've got to realize you're not, you're going to fail and everybody fails and you're going to try to achieve in some areas. You'll be able to do in some areas, but most of the things you, you're, you're not going to live up to these highest standards. They're they're not they're not no. You're not expected to become uh, Moshe. Yeah, that's right. It seems that this problem only comes into effect once you already reach the most you're capable to do. But until then, the guilt w- would be good for you to motivate you, wouldn't it? And it's only when you're actually at the very very top of end of what you're able to do, then the guilt becomes bad for you. Which is a very limited. Don't we always think we're at the people. very top of what we want to do? We do. What do you mean the very top, like the end of your life? I mean, like no, no. I mean, I mean, like somebody at let's say, let's say the max you could reach is five. So I'm saying that it seems that this problem of all the guilt and living in a conflicted life and being miserable because of it is only if you're at five. But if you're at four, then the guilt isn't going to be bad for you. It's going to motivate you to get to five. So it seems that this guilt is only bad for the people who are already at the most they're possibly capable of doing. So you should. Is 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 you want you want the guilt as the just the initial alert that you're doing something wrong, okay? Now you want you do something wrong. Now you want to change the course. You want to change your course, and you try. If you're unable to, you try again later at some other point, and that's it. You have to be able to move on in life. You have to be able to move on 
acknowledging that sometimes the Yitzhara gets the best of you, and often it does. I'm, I'm saying that in, well, I'm saying in which case, in, in, in which case is this guilt going to be bad for you? Because it seems that the, it's only going to be bad for you once you're already at the limit of where you're able to go. Is that true? Um... Uh, no, it's 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 where it's not where it's no longer productive. They're just right. they're, it just. You can't go further. I, I'm saying I, it, it, it's good to alert you that there's uh, that there's something wrong, and you want to. Uh, hold on. Um, it's good for it to to alert you that there's things that you do wrong, and that you need to change, and be, you're obligated to try to change in these areas. Um, um, but then when you don't change, you try to and it doesn't work, then for the guilt to just like stay there where you're basically unable to change, it didn't work. You have a problem that you've tried to work on and you can't work on it. You, try, you want to change it and it doesn't work. Then then the guilt doesn't serve any benefit. So in that scenario, there are really two options. Either you're, your max, let's say your max is five. So now either you're at for it and you just didn't try hard enough, in which case the guilt seemingly would be good to encourage you to go further, or you're already at five, in which case the guilt would be bad. But you already being at five is a very, very unlikely and limited case. I don't know. That's what I'm saying. I'm not sure. It says, it's a, that, that's the thing. I think that you think that, 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 um, that you're exercising your Bechira and you're, it's just unlikely to exercise your Bechira properly in most cases. Is What's that based on? The th- fact that your perfection is so weak compared to what the Torah is demanding of you, that sounds necessarily means you're, it means you're, you're dealt as Ziboris. Your land isn't good. You need to hire strong. Maybe you are. That's what I'm saying. Maybe you are. Maybe we're all wonderful people who are doing perfect job given the hand that we're, that we're dealt. Well, how do you know? That's the thing. How do you know that? Also, you don't know what five is. That's the, the, the judging, you don't really know. That's the thing. You don't really know. The judgment is really beyond your ability. If look, if you know that I could, and I'm just choosing not to, but, you know, a person knows that. A person knows that I have a choice, and I chose not to. Okay, then you're doing something wrong. You got to choose. But if you know you want to choose, and you're trying to choose, and then it doesn't work, okay, so that's just not within your ability. Or it isn't. Why try do hard the mistake? Listen, that that you see, that's the harsh of three though. You're just not trying hard enough. You're not trying hard enough. Well, there's you are. Thing. You are. You're trying hard enough. I'm trying. God, I'm trying. There's you understand? You're going him. As somebody who thinks he's trying his hardest, and he's obvious, he's like, he, he could go so much further. I think in that case, way more often is he is trying his hardest, and he's not going further because his land sucks. Well, what makes you think That's that? what's going on. Well, because our, because we have big gates of horrors, and there are people who do try, and they think they're trying. Oh, yeah, a guy could always try to lie to himself and just use that as an excuse to do an Avera. There's such a thing as lying, just so you have a certain sensitivity. Am I just lying to myself? But there's, I think, more common is a guy who's not lying to himself, really feels like he wants to, and just is unable to. And then he then, but then his superego tells him, you're not trying hard enough. You really could. You really could. No, you can't. No, you can't. You have to realize, no, you can't. So more, how, how, do you time, well, how do you know that? More, more, likely, like, more often than not, more more likely than not when you genuinely try and you fail, it's because you really couldn't. Again, look, again, you have to be aware of when you're just Same. using it as an excuse. I have a sense of I'm just using an excuse. But very often when you want to, you generally have, you give the desire and the Yitzhara overcomes you in these situations. You really couldn't. It does, again, doesn't mean that there isn't a lot of other shears I've given about using Chachma, trying to avoid situations where Yitzhara does get the best of you, having strategies, and you, you have to do that. But 
<coughs> there are plenty of there are plenty of things in the Torah's ideal perfection that you don't live up to, and you want to live up to them, and you simply don't, and you can't, and you try and you fail, and it's because it's just not really possible. And and to, and to just always say to yourself, I know I could always do more. I know it goes more. No, that's a fantasy. That's it. It's it's a it's a harmful. It's a I should say, it's a harmful belief because it really destroys your life. It's going to because you're going to end up with this harsh superego of saying you always could be doing more. It, it's it's you always think I really could always be in the highest level of perfection. I'm just not choosing to. And it's not true. You got to realize you got to eat Sahara, and then nobody fully overcomes the eat Sahara. And you the failure is more common than, than success. And just if you just have an idea, that, that, and the Torah understands that God recognizes that, and He's giving you the Torah because He's giving you Torah for everybody. So the only way you can give a universal Torah is if you have this really high bar that everybody aims for. But the King realizes who you are, and He knows you're not going to get there. But you got to realize that too. So you can't have this unrealistic expectation, which ends up really destroying your life because you're holding yourself to a standard that's just not really achievable. What are you supposed to have on the kind? With time, yeah, the whole thing that God tells me, yeah, right. There is such a thing as bechira. That's the, that's, but that's between zero and five. There's bechira between zero and five. You could have conquered it. Yeah, say though, there, there, Listen, there are plenty of situations where you do have bechira. Between zero and five is the difference between working the entire year very hard or not working at all. Okay, but but don't make the mistake and think your bechira is between zero and thirty. You should be bechira between zero and, and five. Now, where exactly is it's obviously not so simple to figure out where it was. It's 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 not so simple. But like you just you have to have this this awareness of Kishanil Asi Ma'ani is that your your potent your potential, given the reality of what situation you're born into, the instincts that you're given, is far from true human perfection. It, and it, it's it's a harmful and it's it's like a fantasy because there's a certain element of gaiva that goes into it, which it's you want to maintain this, it's intense. There's like a certain idea of like truly my potential is this incredible per- perfection and greatness. But that fantasy, maybe your ego wants to harbor that belief that you could be this incredibly perfect person if you just chose to. It's like it satisfies an element of your ego. But on the other hand, it ends up feeding into the superego where you just criticize yourself for not being that. Or if you had a more realistic expe- uh, recognition, Hilo Hazakin is saying this. Rebbeinu Yonah is saying this. Kishanil Atri Ma'an. What do I actually live up to in terms of true human perfection? I live up to just a tiny fraction of that, you know. So you got to drop that fantasy that you really are have that potential to be the greatest tzaddik in the world and the Moshe Rabbeinu, and, and you really could do that if you just exercise your bechira properly. You got to realize your bechira is in a much more um, limited framework, but in that framework of where it, where it could operate, you got to do as much as you possibly can. So what is commotion? Sadly, commotion means within your framework. You could do five just like Moshe did 30. You understand? But it's within your framework. Sadik in, in Russia is within the framework that you're given. You can exercise your Bechir fully to actualize that potential that you're given. But your potential is five. Your potential is, is, is five. Human potential is 30. Moshe potential is 30. He actualized it. Can you actualize five? You can't, you know, you can't destroy yourself for not being 30. It's, it's not possible. Okay, let's stop there. Mm-hmm. In the, in the-